October 14th, and we are at NetApp Insight Day 3. Glenn, it is really late. Train just got off the stage at the NetApp party, and I'm telling you, I am so, so excited to be here. How about yourself? I, I need, I'm tired. <laughs> this has been a fantastic day, but it's been an incredibly long one. I'm a little jealous of you guys, man. I didn't get to go to the party. The party was fantastic, and I was exhausted from doing all our sessions and doing the interviews. It's been a crazy week, but I felt compelled to go to the party because there were so many customers there, and I'm really glad I did because not only do we get to talk to a lot of customers, we also got to talk to a lot of people that are listening to the podcast, employees, um, partners, and uh, it's just it's just the, there was a recurring theme going on last night about the podcast, and so to everyone that I spoke to last night, Thank you, thank you so much for supporting us and for listening to us. Uh, we hear all the feedback. And some of it was more like technical, like we had a great conversation with this one guy who said, you and Glenn sound so good, but all your um, callers or your other guests, you know, the volume needs to be adjusted and things like that. And so I just love that we were having those types of conversations. But the, the cooler ones were folks that say, you know, I work in sales, and this is actually giving me ammunition. This is helping me understand our portfolio better. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, Glenn, it's just been, it's been that kind of week, and I'm super, super motivated, and uh, we're going we're gonna to be doing some good things together. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so let's try to rewind back. It's, it was like 15 hours ago now, but, so it's going to be a little difficult. Uh, let's let's, let's uh, recap day two here. Okay, well, from the Tech on Tap live booth, uh, again, great conversations, but we also did some interviews. Uh, and for those of you that haven't listened, what's been happening all week is Tech on Tap live has been doing some sort of professional style videos that they're going to be sharing uh, later. Uh, with various executives and customers, uh, and we were fortunate enough to sort of sneak in on, on that schedule and do some um, quick podcast interviews with some of these folks, and so we, we captured some really great conversations, and uh, today we're going to be able to share two of those with you. One was with one of our customers uh, and Jesse Anderson from the NetApp A-Team. Uh, the second one was really exciting. That was the one with ING Direct. Glenn, what do you think about ING Direct? You know I love those guys. <laughs> I've loved those guys for a long time. They, they were one of... Uh, I guess let's go ahead and tee up the ING Direct uh, story now. I had the, the fortunate position uh, about a year into joining NetApp to, to meet uh, Ben and, and the ops team there at ING Direct. Uh, it, it, was, it was after they had executed Bank in a Box, and it was when they were getting ready to execute uh, the, 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 core bank reno- the core bank renovation uh, where, where they went through and, and completely redid their entire solution stack. And I was just completely blown away by these guys uh, from the very beginning. And, and, and I think once you listen to Ben and Roy, uh, it, it's, it's pretty clear why. Yeah, and I'll tell you, from a technical perspective, you know I always focus on sound quality. The only thing I regret is when I listen back to it, there was some feedback. There was a couple of parts yeah. where the mics were. So for those of you, please put up with the, some of the uh, voices were lower than others. So please put up with the sound quality on that one, and I take full responsibility. The content, however, is fantastic. So take a listen. All right, well, joining us today from ING Direct is Ben Issa and Roy Shiladidia. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hello, guys. Hey, hi, guys. How are you? So, Glenn, I know you've been working with ING Direct a lot. I'm, I'm going to lean on you for this one. I know they have a fantastic story that they just finished sharing uh, with George Curian oh, at the yeah. Tech on Tap Live booth. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, I love these guys. Like, I, I, I'm unabashedly a fan. I've, I've plugged uh, a couple of their references on the podcast over the past couple oh, yeah. of years. 
Uh, and, and when we had an opportunity to just grab the, the head honchos themselves, sit them down and have a one-on-one, right. uh, we, we had to take that opportunity. No so, question, no question. Uh, joining us now, Ben, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, give us a brief introduction of your role inside ING Direct Australia. Okay, well, my role is a bit different to every other organization. My job is to look out to what's happening in the industry, find the trends, and see how that applies to the business. So whether it's a, a certain technology or a certain solution or a certain approach, um, my job is to find those nuggets and bring them back to the organization and then hand it over to the guy on my right who basically runs it. So Roy, can you can you expand on that? So, you, yeah, you're, so you're in charge um, of ops, right? So as Ben said, he looks at all the shiny things and then he drops <laughs> them on me and then I just take it on and I go, okay, well, what do I do with it? <laughs> no, it's, it's different. No. So look, yeah, so my role is uh, head of IT operations and DevOps. Um, so what my team does is basically, yes, running the bank. So I keep hearing this term, bank in the box. What, yes. what exactly is a bank in the box? So the bank in the box is when, where, where I actually met Ben, but, but I wasn't there for the very beginning. I wish I could take credit for the whole thing, but I really can't. Uh, there was a fabulous account and partner team that, that I got brought in pretty late. So I, I'm gonna have to lean on, on the big man himself yeah. uh, for the history of, of exactly how this whole, whole thing started. So Roy and I actually, about six years ago, we had, um, maybe, maybe more, maybe nine years ago actually, nine years ago, we were asked by the business to build a current account, a transaction account for customers. This is a, typically your salary would come in and then you can make your payments from that account. It's a low interest account, but it's where, you, where your money moves. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's basically the, the, the core account of a bank, um, of a retail bank. And we never had one, we were only a savings bank back then, so we had really good interest rates and a good savings bank, but we, went, we never had that current account, that transaction account. So we were charged with the responsibility of actually building one. Um, and uh, building a, a transaction account for a bank, as you can imagine, is, is quite complex from the regulatory side, but also the transactional side and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. But it was a big project. It was uh, 150 people over, I think, about 12 months, um, 30 million Australian dollars spending on the project. Um, and, when, and we were trying to do Agile uh, at the same time, just to make things a little bit more complex. Yeah, nine uh, years ago, listeners, yeah, this was nine <laughs> years ago. <laughs> nine years ago, yes, nine years ago. And um, the first thing we realized was we never had enough environments because all the engineers and the developers were tripping over each other and the testers wanted an environment and, and, and the developers were the same environment and when the developers were, were showcasing um, something to the business, they'd have to stop coding because that environment was busy uh, 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 for showcasing. And we found quickly that, we, look, we just don't have enough environments and we can't do that much parallel development. So what we did was we started to manually build environments. We built six environments. We could literally call them one, two, three, four, five, and six. six. <laughs> I'm in environment one, you're in environment two, et cetera. And we stopped the project for about six months so we can build these environments. After six months, we said we never want to do that again. I bet. <laughs> we never want to do that again for any reason whatsoever. That is just wrong. It's a crime. Yeah. Um, and we, there's got to be a better way, right? And we said, okay, what, what would be the ideal solution? The ideal, the ideal solution would be to have a copy of the bank provided on demand for zero cost. That's the ideal solution. We said, yeah, agreed. On demand, we don't have to build it. Zero cost, we don't have to ask executives for money. Um, that's yeah. what we want. Forget anyway. technology, forget technology. Forget. That's just, if it, that's, ideal world, that's yeah. what you that's need. That's what we yeah. want. And we said, okay, off to the woods we go, looking for solutions. And we started going to all the different vendors and yeah. all the rest of it. And to cut a long story short, we found this really, really cool thing called FlexPro. <laughs> and we said, Dan, you can have a copy for free. Yes. And we said, that kind of sounds familiar. Isn't that exactly what we want? And we said, great, so that sorts out state. Now we just need to sort out networks yep. to make sure things don't trip over each other. Yeah. So 
127001 started to come in handy really, really quickly. <laughs> and before you know it, we had this really, really, really good simple, um, sim simple uh, network with flex clones at the back. And then we just started cloning and cloning and cloning images of the bank over and over and over again. And we had the same 15 terabytes being provisioned 400 500 and 600 times. Wow. We don't know how many times. And we put it in the hands of the of the, of the developers. And then we, on top of that, we put PowerShell script to make it self-service. And the rest is history. We now had Bank in a Box. And until today, we use it. Um, I don't know, how big is our environment today? The Bank in a Box. Bank in a Box bank environment? We've got, I think, um, about 250 terabytes of like a usable disk that we're currently running. And blades? On our and we got about 52 blades. Aside from performance, because obviously FlexClone is fantastic, it's ridiculously fast, and, uh, and simplicity, really providing that, that interface with, the, with PowerShell, automating it, what, what are the real benefits of doing it this way for you guys, aside from simplicity and performance? Um, uh, uh, for me, it's agility. It's, uh, yeah. Agility. The fact that you can, like right now, we've got, um, we have three, three times the, the size of teams working on a project. We've literally yeah. tripled our change budget. Literally tripled. So we had 100 people, this, now we have 300. This is my favorite part right. of what you guys have managed and, to pull and off. And we've got so much. So we now, you've got, you've got people in India, people in Australia, developers, all the rest of it, testers, business people showcasing, and everybody's working in an agile way. The business are involved, product owners, et cetera. And everybody needs environments. Yeah. We haven't once said on any project, we need time to build an environment. That discussion is off the table. They press a button, they get an environment, and the project moves. Man. So that puts pressure on the business, and we say, well, we're ready to, IT's ready to go. What's your feature? And they go, oh, damn, I need to think about my feature. Yeah. And they start thinking, oh, I need buttons, I need this, and, and they have to. Yes. But they just never knew, and they've never ever known that IT could be so quick. Yeah. So the challenge so, is now back on the business, to be able to think smarter, think quicker, because IT is ready. Man. <laughs> that and this That's is ideal. why I desperately wanted to have you guys on the show because Thanks. sometimes we have this conversation with customers and, they're, and they go, yeah, that's cute, that makes a nice story, but this is the real world. <laughs> and and, and to, to be able to bring in uh, an organization that, that said, okay, enough with the dumb stuff, yeah. right? This is what our business requires if we're going to survive. We're going to be successful. If we're going to exceed and grow and hit the targets we want. We, as the IT organization, have to figure out how we're going to climb this mountain. Uh, Glenn, Glenn nailed it. Look, for the last, you know, Bank of the Box is five years old. Yeah. Five, I mean, five years old, right? For five years, we've been telling this story. And I know for the next five years, they still won't believe us. Yeah. All right? <laughs> they, they will not believe us. They will say it's impossible. Every time we have a discussion about what we've done, it's impossible. They do not believe us. And fundamentally, the reason why they do not believe us is they've got to understand that at the heart of all this, uh, two key things. One is Flesh Clone and the other is x86. You've got to move your workloads to x86. Oh, yeah. If you haven't moved your... Listeners, pay attention. <laughs> if you haven't moved your workloads to x86, resign. Yes. x86 is the cloud processor model. Embrace it and the technologies will all be with you. And you will have all of this capability at your fingertips. If you've still got mainframes and, and mid-ranges, etc., um, my biggest recommendation to you is find the compiler and recompile that system for x86. And there's enough compilers out there and enough people out there, enough organizations out there with that technology. It is unforgivable. We did it in 20 days for our mainframe. 
Well, Ben, Roy, it, it's, it's been a fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed watching the, the previously recorded video. Uh, you guys have an amazing story. Um, I'd love to extend an invitation for you guys to come anytime you want to call us up on the podcast. We'd love to come and even do a deeper dive with you guys. But uh, again, much, much appreciation. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. No problem. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Take care. That was awesome. Yeah, so Glenn, I'm really glad that we got we got a, we got them to confirm that they could actually uh, call in and actually do a show. They're going to bring their whole team to actually record with us. That's going to be a really interesting one. Yeah, no, and 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 they're not kidding. Like this is what I learned with with this team. They are bleeding edge. They are fearless. They they do not, you know, they they're not intimidated by anything. You know, they 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 just take it head on and go. We can do this. You know, if 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 we don't know how our partners and extended community do. So they just fearlessly step into absolutely everything. Uh, and you see it time and time and time again. It's, it, it's, it's, one, it's why I just, I love that account. Yeah, fearless is, I couldn't think of a better word to describe that because they were saying things that unapologetically that other companies would probably never say, like, we don't care about HA and redundancy. We don't care about that. You know, you're not gonna hear people say that usually, right? Yeah. I mean, they're thinking outside of the box. <laughs> Pardon the pun. They had, they, they were, they implemented DevOps eight years ago. Think about that. DevOps OGs. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. All right, well, that was awesome. Yeah, for sure, Pete. You know, we, we also had a, a fantastic opportunity. I, I was privileged enough to watch our own Andrew Sullivan jump up on stage uh, earlier today uh, and interview Mansfield Oil and uh, the A-Team's own Jesse Anderson uh, about some of the, the really cool stuff that that particular customer has done in, 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 in their particular vertical. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. Now, I just got finished sitting on stage with two pretty awesome guests here with Tech on Tap Live. I have Hercu Rabsat sitting on stage with me, Director of Infrastructure and Service Management with Mansfield Oil, and Jesse Anderson, Network Administrator with Accenture, and also one of our fantastic A-Team members. So gentlemen, welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast, and thank you very much for coming out today. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for having us. It's great to be here. So, Hercu, you have one of the most amazing hybrid cloud service provider mentality, right? Just adopting the data fabric success stories I think I've heard from any of our customers. And I, I just want, I would love to get, hear your, your summary of that. I would love to hear some of the more, some of the details about that because right, it, it's just, again, it's fantastic. I'm so excited absolutely, about it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when I think back over the last two and a half years and, you know, the, the challenges that we face as an organization, you know, if we're down, uh, especially being where we are in the energy continuum, we're more we're more downstream. So we support, you know, the the who's who are the Fortune 500, UPS, FedEx, Walmart, Sam's, Costco. We support those guys. But you know, beyond that, we support, you know, emergency relief. So doctors, hospitals, fire departments, police stations. So it's key that we are on track when we have to deliver fuel. That's that that that's a that's huge for us. When we're down. Um, we're losing about $160,000 a day. So that's a, that's a direct impact to the organization. That puts a lot of strain on the company. Um, you know, when I started about two and a half years ago, we had some major challenges, uh, you know, in terms of our systems and core stability and things of that nature. And I think the way that we've gotten past those challenges, let me just first say that the, the, I think the one stable thing that we had in our environment was NetApp, thank God. So we were, we were able to um, build on top of that 
And what we did was we built an ecosystem that's directly tied to NetApp as the core of everything that we do. So we looked at all the manufacturing partners that we could do business with, and we were like, well, who integrates the best with NetApp? Who talks to them? Who ties into them? And going through that process really helped us to build our core foundation and framework for how we were going to build the organization. And then we started to develop our, our roadmap. What are we going to do? Stabilize, build, transform. We're coming up on year three, which is a transformation period, so we're starting to see a lot of ROI for the investments made up front over the last two years. But I think, you know, just some staggering numbers. We've grown the company by over 50% in two years, which is absolutely amazing. We're on track to do, from a revenue-based perspective, the highest revenue base we've ever had in the history of the organization. And we've been around for 60 years. I think the other thing that's extremely important to note is now we're at a point where you have standardizations and you have process and you have procedures, but how do you really build on that? And I think the big thing is operational excellence. And I think to continue to move forward, we have to continue to evolve. And the next step in that evolution for us is the whole data fabric cloud story. How do you really get there? How do you take a company, consolidate it down, and then move your production to a cloud environment and then use your own colo as the backup, and then the next step of that would be to bring up another geo-redundant cloud environment and shut your core data center down. So that way you can now focus on, you can get beyond hardware. You're not talking about, you're not talking about you know, plugging things in and finding space and finding cooling. You can really get to the things that are core for the business, and that's strategy. So you can now focus on, I got to focus on these projects, I got to focus on how do we move the organization further, faster, instead of focusing on break, fix. Now I'm focused on actually solving and resolution as opposed to a band-aid. Yeah, and what you mentioned to me earlier was, you know, you went from spending the majority of time doing break, fix, to now it's just 30% of the time, which means that, you know, your, your administrators, your team is able to spend the vast majority of their time doing those higher level things, which, you know, it, yes, keeping the lights on, keeping things operational is of course critical, but moving IT forward, moving the business forward is really where that value comes in and where you can begin to really grow, right, as an organization. Absolutely, I think, you know, getting to a point where you're transcending or you're going beyond technology, the cloud really makes us, it puts us in the same level as everybody else. It helps us to become more ingrained with the business. Now it's not that we're a partner, we are the business. We have the same concerns. We care about the markets that we're going into. We want to understand the numbers from a sales perspective. We really want to be ingrained in what makes the business better and how the business continues to grow. And I think being able to enable, to enable the business leveraging technology, that's, that's extremely exciting to me to see how far we've come in two years and just taking the business from where it was to where it is today to have a really, to have a really successful last couple of years and to be able to see the growth and, the, and the, the, the evolution and the maturation of the organization in such a short period of time is just absolutely phenomenal. It absolutely is phenomenal. So Jesse, I know Accenture has been working on a lot of private cloud, a lot of hybrid cloud type initi initiatives. Are you seeing a lot of those same reasons for adopting the, the private, the hybrid cloud of, of getting administrators out of, or, or getting them away from having to do nothing but firefighting and into raising it up a level, bringing it up a level to where they can concentrate on <coughs> expanding business value? Um, th that's kind of a yes and no. It really depends on the business, right? There, there's a lot of companies out there who still want to have that control and keep everything inside, but we are growing into a, a new generation of administrators, engineers, and the technology is allowing us to be more flexible. The people who do the daily work want what you're trying to accomplish. Um, they want that flexibility, they want to be able to do that. It's just the business drivers. 
But what the cloud is really able to let us do, which is awesome, is it does put everyone on an equal playing field. As you had mentioned before, we have small customers who can run their, their applications as if they were huge companies. It, it puts everyone equal. And um, the data fabric scope that NetApp has really plays into that. So you could have like a small install, yet replicate back to a cloud somewhere for all of your dev, DR, test, whatever, um, or even your production stuff and replicate that somewhere else to be able to move your data wherever you need to move it to um, and give the companies that flexibility to have their data, their, their, their core business data wherever they, they need it to is, is empowering for a lot of people. I think you know, being able to, to see the business expand and go from, I mean, because the things that you're able to do with the cloud in terms of scale, it's just, it's astronomical. Mm -hmm. And being able to shift your mindset from a capital mindset where you're not thinking about depreciation and fixed assets and taxes and things of that nature, now I can just, I can focus on it from an OPEX perspective and still leverage the same benefit and get the same, the same out of what we're trying to do as a much larger organization. Yeah. Companies with 20, 30, 40,000 people, I can function at the same rate that they're functioning at. Mm -hmm. There's no way that I would have the ability, I can't dump those kind of R&D dollars into my environment, it's just not possible. But now because of the cloud and the data fabric, we're able to grow at leaps and bounds and transition the company in a way, and position the company in a way that you know, we'll be here for the next 40, 50, 60, however many years. I mean, that, that to me is a game changer for us as an organization, because now we can function and focus on the things that are core and key to us the key initiatives, which the number one thing, the number one goal across the organization is operational excellence. But that's in every department. That's in every business unit. We just spun up a company, Mansfield Power and Gas, and now we're getting into the to the to the power, the the uh, the, the energy and the uh, the natural gas market. And I can't even tell you how that would have even been possible if we had never started this journey back in CDOT. If we hadn't have moved to CDOT, we wouldn't have been because we didn't have the ability to do non-disruptive changes within the organization. Mm -hmm. Everything was an outage. Yep. Now, we have the ability to move things around, move shells around, move storage around, wherever we need to. It doesn't even matter what it is. It could be SaaS, it could be SATA, but we have the ability to move things around and the business not be impacted by it. I mean, that in itself is such a great benefit and being able to continue that on and extend that into a cloud environment, you know, where you still have the same, techno you have the same technology, you have the same team, but now they're just focused differently. Now they're tied into okay. Well, what's the, what? How can I take you know? How can I speed up the uh, marketing analysis, or how can I speed up the uh, the uh, sales reporting? How can I give the business what they need? So we're building big data warehouses, and we're 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 ex we're extrapolating data out, sending it to the cloud, and then the business is able to take those and put it into a BI reporting, uh, you know, BI BI reporting tools and, and dashboards. And the thing that I think is really empowering it is just the fact that we don't have to deal with the downtime hurdle. I mean, because now the numbers, when the executives get their reports, it's not a day or two removed from the data. It's maybe an hour removed, which has yeah. dramatically improved our capabilities as an organization. Well, it's funny, right? Because success means that technology is essentially transparent to the business. It's just there and it just works. Right. And that means that you're doing something really, really great. Right. So gentlemen, I'd like to thank you very, very much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, it's been great having a conversation with you. 
you know, Hercu, again, just a tremendous, fantastic, great success story. Uh, I yes. can't can't thank you enough enough for coming on. Absolutely. And thank Jesse, you. it was great to see you again. Yeah, so, always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. You are always welcome as a guest on the on the podcast. And gentlemen, thank you very much. I may take you up on that. Be careful. <laughs> So yeah, the part about that that really perked my ears up, and the th- and, and the reason that that I'm I'm really excited for the listeners to 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 have heard that in, that interview, uh, is because it's a concept that, that that I've always believed in, and I've I've used in my own professional career. Some people call it unplanned work. Some people call it firefighting. Uh, I happen to think the the term anti-work is the right way to think about it because that's really what it is. You know, when you when you when you throw firefighting into uh, any kind of IT operations center, it displaces the amount of work that that or, or all the work that that otherwise would have been done anywhere else within the organization. And in this instance, this customer was able to, first of all, track and measure how much unplanned work they had. Seventy percent, right? And and then uh, through through an, a monetization effort, bring that number down to thirty percent. Incredible. That puts 40% back in the business. That's huge, man. That's, that's incredible. I mean, it's amazing. And we t- this is like the recurring theme of this week, but it's like our customers blow my mind. They come up with, they take the innovation that, that NetApp provides and they do insane things with it, things that we can't even think of sometimes. It's just, it blows my mind. So the Insight General today opened up Chris Anderson, former editor-in-chief uh, of Wired Magazine, got up there and was just talking about the explosion of data right. and, and, and uh, using a lot of the, the uh, work that, that we're quite frankly doing in, in what we call Startup Alley, where we're taking our data fabric vision uh, for, for how IT operations should be ran and how uh, uh, fail-fast development and, and what we call the lean cloud uh, can, can be utilized to accelerate business development and and Chris got up there and just gave example after example after example of where breaking edge technology is leading to an absolute explosion in data and and ties back into the need to have a holistic ma- uh, data management lifecycle approach really so Glenn I was doing podcast duties yesterday so I did not get to hear the, the uh, general session do me a favor tell us what happened at the general session yeah, absolutely. So the general opened up yesterday with former Wired editor-in-chief Chris Anderson, uh, who, who came on stage and, and really um, used a lot of the examples from, from what we call Startup Alley, where, where we're taking our data fabric approach with Cloud on Tap, with NPS, with, with Storage Grid, with AltaVault, with all the integration that we have across uh, hyper um, service provider and, and private cloud deployments. And we're actually using this with real companies, real one and two person startups to, to, to help them accelerate their uh, development process and bring these products to market faster. Uh, and and Chris's point really was, if you take a look at, at all of the, the products that are really coming out these days, right. they all generate a terrifying amount of data. Yeah. Like the, the pe- people always talk about, you know, exponential growth and you know, sure. here it goes. And, and, and I, I, it's a little bit of a tired hat and, I, and I, I don't want to beat it to death, but they had an example yesterday. I don't remember what the number was. The listeners need to go to, to, to go watch the keynote themselves because th- there's a demo at the end that you're going to want to see. But uh, they, they, they had this really neat drone that, that this one company had built that can autonomously just kind of fly around. And as it's going, 
using a combination of sensors, it's producing a like 3D map, Google image style render of the environment that, that it's viewing. Wow. So it's not filming a 2D image, it's creating a 3D model on the fly. On the fly. The amount of data that thing generates, terrifying, right? So when you're doing those t sorts of projects, you need to have what, what, what uh, we, we have now uh, termed the lean cloud. And, and <laughs> after Chris kind of set it up there and, and, and clearly articulated the problem statement and, and what it is we're trying to fix, uh, our very own, uh, the one and only, uh, Dave Hitz took stage and, and really just broke this down. And he broke it down in a way that only he can. Uh, just, just plain language, no nonsense, A to B to C, this is what's going on and this is why it matters. And then for a little bit of a tour de force, they got up there and said, okay folks, so now let me show you precisely what I mean when I say the data fabric. So the demo was uh, they had a, we had a SQL server that was running on data on tap, okay. being protected by Altavault, right? So drag and drop cloud manager, deploy uh, 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 cloud on tap inside Amazon Web Services, deploy the application, right? Uh, and then use AltaVault to, to push that data out of ONTAP up into S3, right? Wow, that's kind of like what Rachel told us the other yeah, day. Yeah, kind of like what Rachel told us. It could also be Nearline or Azure or anything like that. Uh, that, that. That's not the cool thing though. So then we're going through and we're watching it. We're like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, this stuff's looking really good. And they had some new UI uh, elements and some of the workflows have been simplified. So, so it just continues to get easier, continues to get better. Uh, but then out of nowhere, they get up there and go, oh, but that's not the cool thing. They go inside the UI, they click on the AltaVault copy, they drag it over to the Cloud on Tap instance and release, and it does a snap restore from AltaVault into the ONTAP file system. <laughs> yeah, that's data fabric. <laughs> right? Yeah. Direct integration directly into the OS. It's, it, it, it was absolutely stunning, um, and, and I just can't stress it enough. If you're gonna pick one so far, Yesterday's was the one. Yeah, I think they were they were they were holding their cards for that one. I thought that was a that was a really good way to end the show. Apparently, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I got to be honest, man. This has been a really long day. So let's go ahead and put a put a bow on this one if we can. Fair enough. All right. Well, as always, keep listening to us on TechOnTapPodcast.com. And until tomorrow, bye for now. <laughs>